Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 339th episode of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. God, that's a lot of shows, isn't it? 339 shows. We're broadcasting in this eighth year across the world from our studio in Hollywood, California. And this is the place where technology meets entertainment. Now, new research has just confirmed what many women already know. Employers don't hire smart women. Bosses want smart people working for them but only if they're men. A study published last month in the American Sociological Review, that's hard to say, isn't it? Sociological. Shows that employers are also threatened by smart women. Essentially, the smarter the woman is, the less appealing she is to employers. Ohio State University sociologist Natasha Quadlin created resumes for 2,106 recent college graduates and sent off pairs of applications for entry-level jobs. The applications in each pair contain similar cover letters, similar academic history, and similar participation, and included gender-neutral hobbies. The only difference was that one application was from a man and the other came from a woman. Now, Quadlin found that male applicants received responses expressing interest at the same rate, regardless of their grade point averages. In short, the academic results of the male candidates didn't affect their likelihood of getting an interview. So it didn't matter what their GPA was, they still got an interview. Not so for the female applicants. Academic results were highly relevant to whether a woman landed even an interview. But there's a twist. Now, this is a classic. The higher the woman's GPA was, the fewer callbacks she received. So the smarter you are, and the better you did, the less job opportunities you got. So the only um, thing you can conclude is that women were being penalised for being smart. And we're not talking about a small amount here. The men with the highest GPAs were 50% more likely to get a response from a potential employer than high-scoring women. How fucking ridiculous is that? Jesus. Women in fields which are traditionally associated with men, in Western countries at least, are at a particular disadvantage. For example... High-achieving female mathematicians were three times less likely to receive a callback than their male counterparts. The study suggests that women who didn't spend a lot of time on academics but are intelligent enough to have an advantage over women who excel at school. Jeez. So if it's not academic achievement, then what is it that employees look for, employers look for in female graduates? The answer will come as no surprise to anybody familiar with gender dynamics. 
comes down to likability. A survey of hiring managers found that employers had a preference for female applicants who are reasonably competent but didn't excel academically but are pleasant and agreeable. But likability is not a required or sought after trait in male graduates. For male hires, employers didn't give a stuff about being pleasant and agreeable, only applied to women. So for male hires, employers were looking for competence and commitment. Now, despite organisations insisting that hiring decisions in modern organisations are based on merit and merit alone, this research shows that high-achieving women are viewed with scepticism. Whatever the reason, it's clear that despite all the lip service and workplace training on combating unconscious bias, hiring decisions are often shaped and driven more by entrenched attitudes around gender than we would like to admit. Obviously, the bias hurts competent women, but it's also terrible for business when organisations' recruitment decisions are based on cementing male dominance rather than hiring the most capable person. These, co these companies, surely when they sit around at the boardroom, they must sit there and say, hey, we've hired all these guys and we haven't hired too many women, we should have a look at this. And then any HR person who's not hiring women because that their GPAs are too high should be thrown out in their ass. There's no room for it. Now, these results are depressing, but I guess they're not at all surprising. It just shows just how far we haven't come from a time when parents thought it was prudent to send their, send their daughters to finishing school instead of university. Still, that's no reason for women to have to settle for mediocrity. Sexual, racial and gender violence and other forms of discrimination in a culture cannot be eliminated without changing the culture. So come on, guys. You know, and the worst part and what really annoys me is that Silicon Valley, if you have a look at the composition of Silicon Valley, not only employers, but boardrooms, they're really top heavy and these are the supposedly enlightened millennials and, and the younger, hip, slick and cool, smart, groovy tech types that are supposed to be less discriminatory than their parents. Isn't so. Now, we've often talked on this program about cryptocurrency and just to demonstrate how fast crypto is moving, Goldman Sachs, you know, Goldman Sachs, it's a bastion of the old money and uh, the old traditional way of doing things, just made its first crypto hire to explore setting up a potential Bitcoin trading desk. It's the bank's first crypto-specific hire. And Justin Schmidt joined the New York-based investment bank as vice president and head of digital assets markets in the firm's securities division. Now, Schmidt will explore how Goldman could dive deeper into the nascent market for digital currencies, including the possible launch of a cryptocurrency trading desk at Goldman's. Now, Bloomberg has reported that the bank's getting ready to launch a crypto desk 
by the end of June. And this has come because of demand by clients. Clients want to be able to trade and clear Bitcoin futures. You know, so does Morgan Stanley. So do all of them. So in, in response to client interest in various digital pro products, <laughs> Goldman are exploring just how best to serve them in the space. And it won't be long before all of the banks and all of the funds all have crypto desks, not necessarily Bitcoin, Bitcoin but crypto desks. It's a sensible way to go. The, the amount of turnover in crypto every day is unbelievable. So every year, talking about trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in trade in crypto. And the big banks are not in it yet. Now, do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletter? We've got about 1.7 million daily subscribers. It takes just 30 seconds to read. Well, I tell a bit of a lie. It takes somewhere between 30 seconds and two minutes to read every day. And we tackle a different subject. We talk about advances in medicine. We talk about new apps. We talk about new technology. Subjects like the Hyperloop, autonomous cars, blockchain. We talk about everything. It's absolutely free and the information is invaluable. You can keep up to date with everything that's going on on the planet with just a 30 to 60 second read every day. And if you don't get the newsletter, you're missing out. So go to my website, bobpritchard.com. Com, that's Bob, B-O-B-P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D.com and enroll. We won't sell your, um, your data. We won't give it to anybody. We won't try and sell your stuff. And uh, if you don't like what you get, you can unsubscribe instantly and in just a couple of seconds. Now, there's a typical trap for investors which um, I've come across a bunch of times in my career. You know, it's inventors getting screwed by big guys that you thought you could trust. And I, over the years, I've seen this happen literally hundreds of times by major global corporations who inventors believed would do the right thing by them. So if you've got a great product, then you know, the best way to get it out there is to partner in one form or another with a company with major global grunt. One piece of advice, have someone who's been there before negotiate the deal for you. Now, let me tell you about a guy named Dan Brown. Dan did everything an inventor should do. He identified a need in the market and he spent years iterating his design he invested in dozens of prototypes and spent tens of thousands on patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And when his product, the Bionic Wrench, debuted in 2005, it flew off the shelves. It won a heap of design awards. And in a market where six out of every seven concepts fail, the Bionic Wrench won Popular Mechanics Product of the Year and sold 10,000 units on QVC in a matter of minutes. 
Now, launching the venture cost Brown about $500,000 in intellectual property protection to fund it. He did what a lot of inventors do. He cashed out his retirement fund and brought in partners. So when Sears came knocking on the door, he found the per he saw the perfect opportunity to work with a reliable partner that wouldn't screw him. Well, guess what? Between 2009 and 2011, Sears placed increasingly large orders of the Bionic Wrench. They bought 15,000, then they bought 75,000, then they bought 300,000, and they sold out each time. Soon, it was the chain's best-selling and most profitable tool, far outpacing their own craftsman products. Then, Sears agreed to place 300,000 units for 2012, but by mid-year, they revised the order to less than 3,000 units. Then they stopped taking his emails. Sears had introduced the Max Access Locking Wrench, Looks exactly like the Bionic Wrench. They just knocked it off. Had it manufactured in China and sold it for half the price. In 2013, he filed a suit against Sears and their manufacturer, alleging that they had willfully infringed on two Bionic Wrench patents. For four years, Sears and Apex balked, stalled and delayed every step of the way, hoping to exhaust Brown's defence and of course, his money. The consequences for Brown were tremendous. His sales crumbled, he was forced to lay off 30 workers, and his direct litigation costs passed one million smackaroos. Today, Dan Brown and his son, Dan Brown Jr., continue to make the bionic wrench and a line of other tools, but they're struggling. Since the trial began, Sears stock has plummeted from $40 a share to $3 a share. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of bastards. So if you are looking for a big partner that has the grunt to take your product to the market, make sure you use a professional to do it. Somebody's been there before and understands how you can get screwed. And just because they're a big company doesn't mean they won't fuck you because they will. Now my guest today is Alan Gorin, great guy and one of the two co-founders of Crypto Invest Summit, the world's largest crypto conference. Alan is a venture partner at Wavemaker Partners and is an entrepreneur with a passion for helping grow early stage companies. Prior to joining Wavemaker, he founded Invested In and worked at Amazon IMDB and MySpace. Now, Alan's a great guy and he's given me six tickets to the huge Crypto Invest Summit next week where we've got 4,000 plus attendees, 130 plus presenters. It goes for three days in Los Angeles and it covers every aspect of cryptocurrency and ICOs. And, uh, so we're going to announce the competition a little bit later in the show. We've got a few to give away. In fact, we've got six tickets to give away. And uh, I'll be back with Alon after this short break on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. And we're being broadcast right across the world this week from Hollywood in California, where technology meets 
Entertainment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show, where over the last seven years, we've given you insights into the lives of over 350 of the world's most interesting business people. We've talked about what they do and what makes them tick. Yeah, it's hard to be successful in this world, and uh, people that have made it have usually got an interesting characteristic that the most the rest of us don't have, and a lot of times that's just called hard work. But um, so in this interview segment, it's our it's our intention to keep you up to date with all the current business news, as well as new developments in health and technology, apps, as well as introducing you to some very interesting people. Now, as you know, for about the last five years or so, I've been enthusiastically promoting blockchain and cryptocurrencies, and we've witnessed the rapid implementation of the blockchain now in some of the world's most successful companies and institutions. But it's really interesting because probably the most frequently asked question that I get is, oh, but it's peaked, hasn't it? I've missed my chance. Um, You know, I left it too late. Well, the reality is crypto is only just beginning. You know, we may be 1% in or 5% into its development. So if you have not yet invested in crypto, you should do so as soon as possible. And I wouldn't say this if I didn't mean it. You really should. Next week, the Crypto Invest Summit is being held in Los Angeles. And if you're interested in investing in cryptocurrency, you should definitely attend this event. It'll give you all of the information required to maximise your investment. We all hear about the people who have become crypto millionaires in a very short period of time. Well, these people took the time to learn about crypto. So should you. This is the this is the investment of this century. So go online and search Crypto Invest Summit and then purchase tickets. Come along. Seek, seek me out. My wife and I have both done very well out of cryptocurrency. We're both attending all of the conference sessions. So come and say hello. And in the spirit of being totally open, I'm also involved in an ICO in Africa. So now it's all out on the table. So we hope to see you there. 
next week. Now, Alon Goran is one of the two co-founders of Crypto Invest Summit and the Crowd Invest Summit, which is the country's largest crowd investment conference. I'm very happy to have him on the line. He's a good bloke too. He's a really good guy. And he's on the phone with us today. He's a venture partner at Wavemaker Partners. He's an entrepreneur with a passion for helping grow early stage startups. Now, Alan was instrumental in the creation of one of Southern California's largest group of investors and entrepreneurs. And if you're an entrepreneur, you would have heard of them, 805 Startups. Now, prior to joining Wavemaker, he founded InvestIn, invested in, it's hard to say, and worked at tech giants, Amazon, IMDB, and MySpace. Alon, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I couldn't... Go on. Yeah, uh, not to interrupt first thing when I get get on get on the get on the show, but uh, I couldn't agree with you more about it being so early on in the space and so early on in this new uh, new industry. Now, to me, the Crypto Invest Summit it's a it's a great opportunity to keep up with the latest developments in crypto and and what the future is likely to be. But when you originally created the summit. What was your goal? What were you intending to achieve? So the Crypto Invest Summit basically came out of uh, our our sort of uh, conference that we've been doing in the crowdfunding world, Crowd Invest Summit. Yep. And, you know, but what crypto as it, you know, cryptocurrency and as an industry has really done, or at least the ICO part of the cryptocurrency stuff, the initial coin offerings or the token sales, and these crowd sales are, are basically what our dream was for the crowdfunding world. We all sort of envisioned that when we created the industry, you know, 10 plus years ago. So I'd been doing crowd invest summit and slowly crypto had been a topic in it. I've been, you know, interested in, in crypto and, you know, did some, some mining back, you know, in 2012, but the, uh, the conference sort of was slowly becoming, partly crypto. And last year it was supposed to be about a quarter crypto and three quarters crowdfunding. And, um, uh, the crypto side of it took over and this year we were going to co-host them together. And then the crypto really took over. Right. And what I, we realized is, is what I was saying is it's sort of become one large thing. So the whole point and genesis of the, uh, of the conference originally was that there were no crowdfunding conferences where, the actual investors in the deals and the companies who were fundraising would come to the conferences. Right. There were very many uh, who friends of mine were running where the service providers would meet, the guys like me who were providing technology, the lawyers, the accountants, the, uh, the broker dealers, they would all come and I'd get to have a drink with my friends, but there was never more than a few hundred people there and there were never investors or startups there. And that's right. what we were really all passionate about. So we, we created that conference. Now, of course, ICOs um, are really taking over from um, general raising of funds in the fiat sense, aren't they? It's um, it's 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 so much easier and so much so much less restriction. Well, <laughs> depends on where you are and how you look at it, I suppose. But <laughs> all of a sudden, it gets a bit complicated. But um, it's ICOs have really taken off, haven't they? 
Yeah, I mean, they they raised, um, you know, six plus billion dollars last year. And everyone at the beginning of this year thought, you know, okay, well, the the prices of of cryptocurrencies were going down, the market cap of the whole industry was going down. And clearly, that that's a sign that that was a one and done uh, scenario where billions of dollars could be raised in one year, a flash in the pan, and now there's going to be regulation and things are going to slow down. But in the first quarter of, of 2018, we did more than the whole of last year. So so it's clearly still growing. It's still happening. The, the regulation that you're talking about is coming and people are scared depending on where they are in the world to do these kind of offerings. But the, the great thing is, is it's just creating different type of opportunities. Instead of it going away, it's being regulated and most of it is being used you know, most of it is happening in conjunction to those rules we learned in the crowdfunding world. Sure, so sure. you'll you'll hear things like Reg A plus and 506C offerings and Reg CF and all these things that sound foreign to the random person, but they're the rules that have existed for a while now and companies have raised under them and they're just attaching them to the crypto ICO, you know, token sale framework, which is you know, in, in my opinion, it's making ICOs and token sales less efficient, but it's making the existing sort of regulatory framework more efficient. So, you know, you can I hope it's not a wet blanket on the existing on this sort of growing space, uh, more of a sort of light of fire under the uh, this nascent uh, existing industry. I'm going to say something that sounds absolutely absurd and I'm surprised I'm saying it. Um, I was going to say that governments, to some degree, are pragmatic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. But I think governments, when they look at the potential of um, ICOs and how that can spur new business and um, sustain established businesses, I think they're not going to be too tough on, on ICOs because it just doesn't pay them. I, I hope so, and that's that's of course all of our dreams. Once we get once you know we 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 that that's what we hope for, right? You know, the what we're sort of have to bank on, and it's really tough to read between the lines with some of these news, uh, some of the sort of clickbait news you see on crypto sites sure. and on mainstream sites as well. But like you know when they talk about the SEC coming down on some of these deals and they go like, you know, Oh man, did you see it's gonna, it's starting now. Everyone's going to be hit. I don't truly believe that because there's a big difference between the deal that, you know, uh, that is clearly a scam versus a startup company that just failed. If every startup company was considered a scam just because they failed, then all of us have been scammers in our lifetimes, right? Like that doesn't make sense when everybody is a scammer, nobody is a scammer. So I hope that they do find a way to differentiate or at least the news starts to differentiate because so far there have been subpoenas in the space. Um, and that, you know, is a sign that the government might crack down, but most of them have been just to collect information and make sure that people did things right. right. There's only been a few of direct action taken and they were clearly scammed. And if you even did, uh, you know, 30 seconds of due diligence and, and ser- Google searching before investing in those companies, you would have seen that it was a scam. And so, you know, it's, it's, I, I saw it in the crowdfunding world. It's, uh, people, there was, there was a whole, there's a whole world of financial sleazy people who try to make a quick buck. 
And so they see people raising money uh, and they try to do it themselves. And, you know, in this early Wild West, some some of them are successful. But at the end of the day, um, there's much easier ways for scammers to steal money from people. They're not going to jump through these hoops. Um, and, and I think that we'll see it all shake out and it's going to be exciting. Okay, the event runs over three days, beginning next Monday. I'm looking forward to next Monday. I'm really excited. Uh, so what happens on those three days? So Monday Monday is, is fun. So Monday is we sort of changed it up from the last few years. So uh, Monday people can come and pre-register and get their badges. The sponsors and people like that come in and set up the expo floor and get things ready. And that's our load-in day generally anyway. Um, but because we have so many this year, exhibitors and sponsors, and we have um, so many speakers this year. We decided why not um, open it up a little bit early and let people get their badges and have an opening night networking party so that, you know, first thing on Tuesday morning, we could get into the conference and a lot of people already know each other, build relationships and things like that. So Monday will be a bit laid back. I know people are doing some informal lunches and meetings and things like that uh, adjacent to the conference. And uh, Monday night, though, is uh, is going to be an exciting networking party. We're going to have, you know, there's thousands of people coming to the conference, so we expect a lot of people at the party. And, um, you know, a lot of the sponsors and, and speakers and things like that are going to be there because they're there already. And so it was like a fun thing for us to do. Um, on May 1st and 2nd, when we have the actual conference going on, there's going to be two rooms. One room is companies and individual presentations. Um, every 15 minutes to 20 minutes, there's a new company pitching and or uh, presenting an idea or, or some kind of, um, you know, keynote. Yep. And then on the other stage, on the main stage, we have panels and uh, fireside chats of some of the, you know, most well-known, well-connected and, you know, biggest investors in the industry. So that's going to be very, very exciting. Um, we're, uh, we're also videotaping everything, so every piece of content will be available after the event as well. For a small fee, of course. Uh, we may have a small fee on the live stream, but we probably will just give everything away, um, honestly. the it's 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 usually for us the best business development for the next event is is to share all the greatness yeah. from this event and yeah. and you know that's uh that's 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 how how we feel we're we we, we go with a startup ethos of give first and i think that you end up uh, you know winning when you when act that way i agree so everybody i know is going so how many how many people do you expect to attend um, we were uh, right now. We're still on track to get well over four thousand people there. Um, wow. There was a little dip. Uh, there was a little dip uh, when the crypto market wasn't doing so well, but the last few days have been great. So everything has accelerated, and we're still looking at surpassing the four thousand number. So it's really exciting, and uh, you know, definitely one of the biggest crypto conferences in the world, for sure, the biggest one on the West Coast, and. Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds great. So it's it's at the um, Los Angeles Convention Center. When That's right. Yeah, Los Angeles Convention Center. The opening party will be um, across the street at the Grammy Museum. Okay. Yep. So all of you who know that area, um, 
Grammy Museum is just across the street. You can't miss it anyway. Um, <laughs> so when you when you first envisioned this thing, you booked the um, convention centre, hoping like hell that you got enough people. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of that. We have, you know, we actually our first crowd invest summit was we booked a hotel and within two weeks of booking the hotel and sending out the first batch of emails promoting the event, we grew out of the hotel. So we were able to squeeze into the convention center last minute. And then we've done a couple since and the crowd invest summit has reached about a 3000 person annual audience. Um, and uh, we did it at a different room at the LA Convention Center. Right. This year, um, we had a bit of a similar thing happen uh, to, to our first event, which was we realized we were going to not have enough room in our old room at the Convention Center. So we actually moved to a different room on the other side of the Convention Center. It was a little larger, we got a larger expo floor and more seats in front of the stage um, and have that second stage as well, which was important to us this time around. Four and a half thousand people is a hell of a lot of people. <laughs> it is. It is a lot. It's uh, it very, very lot. stressful. But it is. Uh, it's you know. At the end of the day, we we're very lucky that from the beginning we hired a uh, production company to help us with our first conference, right. and it was the best move we ever did. Right. Um, and since then, that production company has sort of grown alongside us. So it's been. Uh, Thankfully, they have to deal with all of the registrations and those kind of things, and we get to kind of just show up and make high-level decisions. <laughs> one of the one of the things we um, always say to um, to startup companies is always hire in professional people. You know, when you start your business, always get your lawyers and accountants, all the people you think you don't need. Because sooner or later, if you're successful, you're going to wish the hell you had amused them right from the start. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you you learn. Um, I, I learned many lessons in running my own companies. Is one, if you take on too much too much on yourself, you end up hurting uh, the company. Yep. So you think you're saving money, but really you're you're not. You're not maximizing your time. Yep. Uh, and uh, and even you know the first salesperson you hire, you'll feel is not as good as you, and they won't be as good as you. But you can't scale yourself. Um, but you can scale a team. And then the lawyers are, of course, and the service providers on the accounting and law firm side. Uh, you know, for the most part. They charge the amount they charge because they're worth it. Um, you know, you need references, and there's always exceptions to that. But you end up spending less time with the lawyers that charge you more than uh, the lawyers that charge you less. In my, you know, in my experience. My experience too, and also these days, a hell of a lot of lawyers will do deals with you. You know, as you grow, the, oh, absolutely, you grow into it. So that that's all good. Now. How many speakers have you got coming now? Every every time I've looked, it seems to be more and more and more and more. What are you up to? We're at about 120, I think. So that includes <laughs> the, the presenters that are looking for on the main stage uh, over two days. And then um, and uh, we're having about 70 exhibitors. Uh, yeah, 70 exhibitors. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's it's... Really, really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really wild. But, yeah, we have 120 speakers, 70 exhibitors, and over 40 pitching companies. Wow. So who are some of the, uh, who are some of the um, major speakers and panels at the event? 
You know, the, the panels that always fill the room and are sort of the biggest ones are, um, are, uh, are the investor panels, of course, because everyone yep. wants to meet the investors. Um, the, uh, we also have a, a, a marketing panel, which in, in our space is really, really important. So you, uh, you know, that those panels, usually, you know, the, the people that are on them may be people you've, you've never heard before, but they're really the people who are behind the scenes making the biggest deals get into the most people's hands. So those two are, are probably the ones that fill the room the most, but we're, we're doing really cool things. Um, and we have some of the biggest speakers in the space, like Apollo Ono and, and Crystal Rose and uh, uh, Ran Noon or Crystal. What is, was that? Crystal is fantastic, isn't she? Oh. She's amazing. Her company is amazing, uh, and and she's actually going to be giving a really great um, presentation as well called "The Human Brain on the Blockchain, Crypto AI, and the Future of Work," um, which yeah, which is it, it's going to be great. Um, she comes. She's got a good pedigree there, though, hasn't she? <laughs> she, she? She does. I mean, Brock and her are pretty pretty powerful team. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's what what's really exciting about this conference. You know, that that's that's a testament to it is that because we're based in LA, if you take a look around the crypto space, a lot of the biggest deals um, and biggest investors in crypto sort of have their roots in Los Angeles, yeah. and and so LA sort of you know, I, I've gone to conferences around the world for crypto. I've sort of spent time in. in New York and San Francisco, of course, LA and uh, in Europe and Asia. And what you realize is that LA sort of, even though this, this whole industry is decentralized, it's LA does zero. seem to be a bit of a hub. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe I'm, I'm biased. I'm sure that I'm biased. I'm obsessed with Southern California and I love it. Uh, but, uh, but it, because of that, you'll, you'll see some of the most well-connected people in the space. And, and, you know, when we talk about powerful, the, the power of the network uh, out here is, is what's really, really exciting. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this program and, you're, uh, and you go along to the summit, you should go along and see Crystal Rose. I saw her last week. Um, I've seen her before, but I saw her last week at the um, um, Beverly Hills blockchain event that they have at night. And she brought the house down. She is sensational. And, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's a really great presenter and, of course, one of the smartest people in the space. Um, and then uh, we're going through people. Uh, another exciting thing we're doing uh, on stage, uh, we'll have a fireside chat with Adam Draper. Uh, yep. We're having, um, we're having uh, CNBC's Crypto Trader Show um, do a live version of their show up on stage at the conference. So oh, we're going to be bringing up some special guests, and Ran, who does that show, will be doing yep. it live on stage which Fantastic. they've never done before, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds great. So what are the major topics being addressed? You know, what, am I, what am I going to learn? From, yeah, so we're going completely be, beginning to end from the, you know, um, we, we want to educate the investors, but we also want to educate the, the, uh, the companies. So we do things from the beginning, from the legal aspect of things to the marketing aspect to, um, you know, for investors, the successful tips and tricks. Um, we then, we, we sort of go on to other, other, you know, verticals where we talk about entertainment on the blockchain or real estate on the blockchain. 
um, security versus utility tokens, gaming space, which is obviously very, very huge um, in, in crypto. And, and we, we even, one of my, uh, what I think will be one of the more popular panels that we haven't talked about a lot is we have a specific panel about the Asian markets and their influence on the, on the global crypto space. Yep. And that one is, is going to be really exciting. Um, the people that are on it are, are some of the most well-connected people in those markets. And, and you'll, you'll see that they are driving a lot of what's going on in space right now, especially because of the U.S. uncertainty. Well, South Korea has been very strong for a long time, hasn't it? Yep. And we have uh, John Nam, who is, uh, who is the, uh, the managing partner and founder of um, a South Korean-based crypto fund um, moderating that panel. And we oh, have, great. you know... Um, yeah, and we have Corbett on the panel and, and all that. And Corbett is, you know, one of the biggest South Korean exchanges. So one of the problems with anything new, it doesn't matter what the hell it is, people say it's a con, it's a flash in the pan, full of get-rich-quick <laughs> shysters. Now, with the rapid acceptance of, um, of blockchain and the introduction of um, cryptocurrencies even by some governments and and um, local municipalities, there's no there's no longer any doubt that crypto's here to stay. I mean that that discussion's done. What do you think is the future of investing in crypto now? So I think I, I'm obviously uh, very biased. I will uh, I will you know uh, give the disclaimer that I've, I'm banking my future of my career on it. I'm full time at a. Uh, hedge fund that invests in early stage companies getting into the crypto space. So I, I clearly am biased. And, and with all that said, I, I truly believe this is just the very, very beginning. Yeah. I think that if you look behind the scenes and you look at sort of the macroeconomic things going on, there's hundreds of crypto funds uh, in ways similar to mine, but in other ways different, but it, in it, uh, all investing into the space, all investing in tokens, all investing in the companies getting into it. And if there are hundreds of those companies raising collectively billions of dollars that all are under a mandate by their investors to invest in the space, you know that billions of dollars are going to come into this space over the next two to three years just from those, let alone that, you know, Fidelity and Schwab and people like that are building crypto trading into their platforms as well. Yeah. They'll probably only be the, the top tokens like the Bitcoin and Ethereum and things like that. But once the, once you know my parents can go log into their Schwab account and decide I'm going to buy a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, um, that's going to create a, a flood in the market of of new money, and new money will will just grow the space. Um, and, and I'm also a true believer in that, what I used to say about the crowdfunding world. Once, you know, everyone can participate and once all things start to get tokenized, there's no, there's no question as to the efficiency of creating token versions of the existing rules. You're seeing real estate get tokenized now and people yep. being able to, you know, slice up a real estate transaction. Uh, that was you know, on purpose, a, a, a little homage to a company based in LA called Slice Market. They're basically allowing you to to tokenize real estate. Yeah, there's so people that, as that stuff starts. Some guys, we're, some guys yeah, in the middle are doing that too. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of folks are doing it. There's a company, uh, one of our big sponsors called Securitize, helps people do that, not just on real estate, but on startups. And what's really cool about that is not that, okay, of course the crypto uh, world will grow because new money is coming in and, and people are using it for other stuff. In my opinion, it's just going to eat the rest of the world. So, you know, there's a $7 trillion a year just in the United States alternative investment market. Yep. That's going to eventually tokenize. It makes no sense that pieces of paper and transfer agents do the work that they do at this tight, point. And all of the things they do will keep. Yes, it's all going to keep happening. It's still transfer agents will still do it. Computer share will be one of the top people in crypto in five years. So I, I believe it's all going to happen, and the same players will probably be doing it. But they're going to be using this technology to make it faster, more streamlined, and more accessible for everyone. And if that happens, then you're talking about the global financial market, not just the crypto market. And eventually, that's what it'll become. It might be 10 years from now. It might be 50 years from now. But I do believe we're still at this very, very beginning, early stage of that. Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. I'm super biased. I'm a nerd for this stuff and I'm super passionate about it. And uh, I might look like a complete idiot two years from now when, when everyone realizes that, you know, being decentralized costs more money and it's not worth it. I don't know. <laughs> if, your grandmother, if your grandmother came into you today and said, look, I've only got five bucks left and it's got to last me my life. Would you tell her to buy crypto? I would tell her to come with me down to a coffee shop and we would have a great last meal together. And we would say, you know, screw this. But if, uh, if, if, uh, you know, uh, it, it, no, I would never tell anyone to put their last $5 into the crypto space. That, it, that would be bonkers because tomorrow it might be five cents. Tomorrow it might be five hundred dollars. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, we don't we don't know. It's going to go up and down ten times like it did last year, um, uh, the next year too. But eventually, I do believe as an industry, it's it's going to be in in the trillions sooner rather than later. But that might mean that Bitcoin does die and something else takes over. It might mean that it, it might not mean that. That's very unlikely. But in general, there's. The only thing certain is uncertainty, and the only thing you know we know is that it's going to be volatile. It's going to be crazy, but we can't be as crazy as it could be at the earliest stage, and it's recovered. And I think it's going to keep doing that. And I think that sort of the cat is out of the bag, like you mentioned first thing in in, in this interview. Um, I, I think it's happening. It's just a matter of time, and it's going to take a long time till it you know sort of gets predictable now if you're if, if you're going to invest and you're a, a, a small investor you're just an average investor um are you better off buying into a platform like an ethereum um that is being or an eos i guess um or are you or doesn't it matter whether you buy a platform whether you buy um just um regular cryptos I mean, if you're just playing around, if you're getting the Coinbase app or Abra, you know, like I, I'm a huge fan of Abra and there's sort of a global one where you have access to more tokens. And if you're getting Abra on your phone or if you don't have it, get it and then play around with it. And if you're putting a few hundred bucks here and there, let's spread it around and then plan on holding it for a very long time. Don't buy and sell on a regular basis. 
you're going to end up, uh, you know, you're going to end up being unhappy if you do that. It's a bit too volatile. It's just too You might be the happiest person in the world because you could bought EOS at the beginning of last week and you could be selling it right now. And it's probably, I don't know, uh, it might be close to double what it was a week or two ago. Um, so, so that would have made you the happiest person on earth, but you could also buy it today and, and maybe tomorrow goes down 20%. Maybe the next day it goes up 50%. <laughs> I would, I, I wouldn't buy in and out of it so much. I would sort of hold positions and do a little research and play around. If you're putting serious money into the space, um, I know again, this is a bit, you know, uh, uh, you know, sounding like, um, I, I, you know, have, I do have a, have a horse in this, but give it to a professional. There's tons of crypto fund managers and there's, you know, the basic stuff like the index funds where they just kind of take the top 10 tokens and they spread it around there. And then there's people who are active traders and there's people who invest in the early stage, I guess. But the number one question you just ask them is what makes them different? And then ask them for their pedigree, what they did last year. And then compare that to the whole market. It's really easy information to find. The whole market went up 2,900% last year. So don't get sucked into somebody who says, I made 10x last year because they did a third of the market. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, you, you want somebody that at least met the market, or if they were less than the market, they'll tell you why they were less risky, right? And, and you just want those answers. And then I would give my money to a professional like that if I was investing more than you know a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks. Um, that's my opinion in the space. The professionals okay. are at all of these events like ours, and they get a lot of information that helps them make their decision. Okay. The, the other day, same day, I read an article where the head of a major investment fund said, Bitcoin's a bubble. It's worthless. Everybody who's put money in Bitcoin's going to be broke. On the same day, my mate Tim Draper said it would go to $225,000. Now, there's a fair swing there. From zero to two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm not going to put you on. I will. I. I'm gonna. I. I will tell. I will tell you this. Uh, two things. One is is consider the source. You realize this is a people incentivize on. Yeah. Well, you one is you have to consider the source because both sides have a sense to say those things, and then two, never bet against Tim Draper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's so, true. Uh, uh, this guy, uh, this guy, you would think, you know, uh, you could you could say whatever you want to say about the the predictions, and they sound insane. But you would sound insane three years ago if you predicted Bitcoin at 10k. And Tim Draper was the guy saying that, and everyone thought he was insane, and he was right. Yeah, um, he's right uh, more often so, than not. That's right, and you know that that's why. He, uh, he's as successful as he is. And I also will, will say that um, uh, this is also a guy who lost his whole crypto portfolio in Mount Gox when yep. the hack happened. He yep. lost everything. And when he had an opportunity to get back in, he went all in all over again. Yep. And so, you know, that, that's somebody who's really passionate and obsessed with this space and has seen what should have taken down, what would have taken down any other sort of industry, or if you look at the coin of the company, the company would have been out of business many, many times. But the passion and the people behind it kept driving it, and he sees that because he, he was one of those people that, that lost it all. So it's, um, and so a, that's, that's really, yeah. He's a very passionate guy. 
He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Uh, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I love, thank you very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, you can learn more about Elon and the Crypto Invest Summit. You go to crypto, C-R-Y-P-T-O, investsummit.io. So that's cryptoinvestsummit.io. Make sure you get yourself, if you're serious about invest, investing, you should know what you're investing in. So I urge you to buy tickets to the summit. It'll be the That'll be the best investment you ever make. And uh, come along and search me out. I'd love to speak to you. I'm going to be reporting back from the show. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, Elon, thanks very much. Thank you. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Network right after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business Network. We're broadcasting today from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, and this is the place where technology meets entertainment. As you know, if you listen to this show, for the first five, for the past five years, I've been enthusiastically promoting blockchain and cryptocurrencies, and more recently, ICOs. And in the last 12 months, we've witnessed the rapid implementation of the blockchain in some of the world's most successful companies and institutions. And in all of my consulting endeavors, no matter where you go in the world, the question that you ask most frequently is whether crypto has peaked and whether... Have I left investing in crypto too late? Well, the answer is no. Crypto is only just beginning. We're maybe 1% into its development. 12 months ago, there were about 5 million people investing in cryptocurrency. Today, there's about 50 million. And that means there's 7.5 billion people who haven't got around to it yet. And as soon as they get around to it, Prices will skyrocket. The big funds and the banks are getting into crypto. And when they do, prices must rise very substantially. It was interesting the other day that um, Tim Draper said that Bitcoin will go to $250,000 a coin within a couple of years. So if you've not yet invested in crypto, you should do so as soon as possible. But before you do, you should do some investigating just like you would with any investment. In my opinion, this is the investment of the century and I'm not a financial advisor so take what I say with a grain of salt don't blame me but I'm just telling you what I think and it's been great for us and it'll be great for you now next week the world's biggest crypto invest summits being held in Los Angeles and if you're interested in investing in crypto you should definitely attend this event there's over 4,000 attendees all the movers and shakers in in crypto 130 of the top crypto experts in the world as speakers and panelists. They're discussing every aspect of crypto and of ICOs. 
and this incredible event will give you all of the information you require to maximize your investment. You know, just take some of your money. If you've got 10 grand, put in two or put in one. You'll be surprised. So, you know, you've heard about all the people who have become crypto millionaires in a very short period of time. Well, they took time to learn about crypto. So you should too. You should, shouldn't just go and invest blindly. But go along to the expo, find out all of, there is about it. This is your chance to change your life. And I literally mean it. Today, I have four free $600 tickets to give away to this extraordinary Crypto Invest Summit event. It's at the Los Angeles I was going to say Coliseum Convention Center, Monday night, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I have four free tickets, 600 bucks each. And to win it or win it or get one, all you have to do is send an email to Bob, B O B, at Bob Pritchard, P R I T C H A R D, dot com, and put crypto radio giveaway in the subject. And the first four entries will win the tickets. So send your email now. So go online, search Crypto Invest Summit, and then make sure you come along. I'll be there. So keep your eyes open for me and say hello. I look forward to that. So just go to an email, bob at bobpritchard.com, and put Crypto Radio Giveaway in the subject line. And remember... If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up way too much space. Get out of the way and let somebody who wants to succeed go past you. It's easier and it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Anybody can do the ordinary. If you want to be ordinary, good luck to you. Don't call me. So if you're always trying to be normal, you'll never know how amazing it is to be not normal. And I hope you can join me again next Tuesday when I'll again be broadcasting from my regular studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles where technology meets entertainment. In the meanwhile, continue to be successful because the alternative to success really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.